0: Welcome back to Marketing with Soul on the Relevant Podcast channel, where we discuss how to make healthcare relevant to modern consumers. I'm Jared Johnson, founder of the Shift Forward Health Production and Marketing Group. And I'm Peter
1: Balasturi, Director of Communications and Marketing and PR for the West Virginia University of Medicine and the Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute.
0: Today, we're going to talk about lessons from value-based care marketing. We're going to focus on village medical and their parent company, Walgreens, and what can we learn there? There is a bit of back and forth. I don't think it's as, as clear to us for some reasons that we'll get into in terms of their messaging and their marketing and how they position themselves and the reality of the village medical clinics that are housed inside Walgreens stores. And are there mixed messages being sent when we talk about the greater good of the broader purpose of healthcare marketing, of creating a healthier America? So with all that, uh, these episodes are definitely fast moving. Let's just get right into it, Peter. We're going to start with the hook. Our hook today is what lessons can we learn from value-based care marketing? The hook is the thing that we're going to be paying attention to or just kind of gets us interested and the thing we're going to be looking at in, in detail. So the reason this has to do with the village medical is for those who aren't aware village medical is the largest direct contracting entity with cms so meaning they take on full risk for patients so they have a their village medical at home division which does house calls it's it's amazing work but that works because it's part of a value based care contract it works because they are incentivized to reduce hospitalizations. They are incentivized to check up and, and and engage with patients weekly, monthly, but a lot more than often than that, you know, once or twice a year wellness visit that, that a lot of consumers have. So they're incentivized there. And as always, we're going to take a look at the marketing side here. Uh, Peter, let me just pull this, this up. I want to get your reaction to Village Medical. Uh, if people can just, Google their homepage and just see what what it looks like here.
1: Yeah, and and you definitely can tell where their audience is as you start to read some of these things, and and even quickly before we jump in here, their their recent acquisition of styling physicians in the Northeast, right there. That that's a group that ranges in specialties from cardiology, ophthalmology, endocrinology, nephrology, and geriatric care. Uh, if I wouldn't have even read that last geriatric care. The first four are definitely uh, <laughs> older adult uh, areas, so it's it's pretty
0: quickly that you you figure out <laughs> who their prim- primary audience is right away. <laughs> That's a really good point, and that does have to do with why is marketing a certain way, and and that it's important to to look at. So, all right, let's let's dive in here. This is the, uh, we're going to move on into the groove. This is our main section here. The groove is where we take a look at something in depth and where we're focusing again today is Village Medical and their parent company, Walgreens. So we're looking at Village Medical's homepage, villagemedical.com. And again, we just like to look at the messaging and the positioning and the digital experience. So messaging wise, uh, the, the tagline here is personal primary care for you. And the little description below, it says, at Village Medical, patients receive time and attention from their primary care provider. We are your neighbors and are committed to bringing our value-based care model to your neighborhood. So, Peter, a couple things stand out to me. Again, I think it's just having done enough uh, brand positioning exercises (laughs) and statements and workshopping over the years, every word is deliberate. When it says, patients receive time and attention from their provider, and then it goes on and says, we're your neighbors. We're committed. Those things are very intentional. And so I, I think that's partially a sell of Vil- the village medical brand, but it's also a sell of value-based care in general. I mean, what, what leaps out to you?
1: I mean, the first thing that leaps out to me are, uh, two words that they use in there, uh, twice, a word that they use in there twice, I should say neighbors and neighborhood. Um, these are people, uh, that they're, 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 uh, Targeting that uh, grew up in neighborhoods, they grew up in communities, um, they, they, a sense of community, if you will, is important to them. Um, so not only that, but there's also this, these words, time and attention and committed. These are all relational kinds of words. And obviously the picture, you, you're not seeing that now because you're obviously listening to us, but it's, it's a, somebody that you can tell is a little bit more mature um, and and again, the layout of it is largely a picture, and there's two buttons. I mean, you you literally cannot be lost in this part portion here. You can either go find a doctor, book an appointment. It's easy, and that's exactly what those people are looking for at this point.
0: Well, and then we scroll down just a little bit, and it says how we take care of you. It doesn't start going into quality matter, quality measures. It doesn't start going into the depth of expertise of specialty care, and I think that it's important. As we've mentioned the last couple of episodes when we've talked about One One Medical and Amazon, and we've talked about Oak Street Health and CVS, the one thing that's consistent across all of them is that they don't lead with messages about their clinical quality, and that's always been significant to me. That has always been something that I've seen, like what are they not leading with? Why is their message attempting to differentiate them from a standpoint of, we care about you more. We're making your life more convenient. We are making this easier for you. That is different. That is what a lot of these retailers have in common. That's what they will continue to hang their hat on. That's their brand promise. It is a differentiator compared to the often complex experience of having to go to a doctor, of the process of scheduling, the process of waiting in a waiting room, and they're they're banking on this, so it it makes me feel a complexity of emotions. I I admit, part of me as a consumer thinks, hey, at least somebody's saying they can make things easier for me. I don't know if it's true, but their brand promise hmm, that's that's appealing. And then the other side of it is like, yeah, wh- what are they trying to imply about traditional healthcare? And part of me is like, you know what? They're not the only ones who take care of you. <laughs> they're not the only ones who offer personalized service. I mean, so, so it's, it's that balance of the messaging that they're trying to imply that they kind of have a a, a leg up on, on traditional healthcare with convenience. And I, again, I think there's a lot of truth to that, but as you know, having formerly worked in healthcare organizations and health systems, I understand like that's, that's not always something they can provide and claim. And yet it's not fully the opposite is true, which is, we don't care about you. And that's why we make this hard, uh, that if, if people aren't careful, the messaging can come across that way. I feel like if they have a negative experience and then they see messaging somewhere else, like a village medical that says, look, we're going to take care of you. Agreed. And, and th-
1: this is, again, we we've, we've talked about this, but th- there's a level of care here that they're able to, to enter into this, into this, uh, into this, into the fray, if you will, Um, uh, I don't, I don't think you can do these kinds of things with the, the, the deeper level of, of care, the, the, that kind of that, you know, tertiary quaternary care, the cardiac things, the cancer things, the, the complex care that, um, that many health systems and hospitals provide. Um, but that value-based care at that level one, that tier, that entrance level, that primary care level where, you know, you, you're, it generally involves paying doctors set amounts, you know, rather than fees or, or you know, for, for each visitor service um, to manage patients, it's, it's almost a perfect setting for this. And, and I, I've said this before, I, I think as long as it works uh, at this level, but then the handoff happens correctly and it doesn't get jumbled um, going from one to the other. Um, and I, this is something I haven't said in in, in the previous episodes. But uh, a rising tide raises all ships. In, in many cases, uh, whatever industry you're in. But my hope is that um, health systems and hospital systems who aren't doing this well will take notice of this. And and if if it's working. If it actually is working for people uh, in these uh, companies that we've talked about, uh, I hope it sets the bar. I hope it sets the bar for, for healthcare care as we go forward. Um, so that's just something I, I, I thought of as
0: well. Well, again, when you're talking about setting the bar, right, is it the perception of the bar that is being set? And if it's set in one area of a consumer's life, if there's one thing that I'm starting to hear more of, and thank goodness I'm hearing more of it now, it's that raise expectations in one area of our lives are what we compare everything to in all areas of our lives now. So the fact that it is easier now you can order from a restaurant, pick something up curbside, and now you can go do more with your bank online without ever and en- having to enter a branch. Now I can go on Amazon and try before I buy, you know, I don't even have to pay. I can, I can try on a whole bunch of different uh, outfits or pieces of clothing and then return them make it they make it super easy. So that's what we're comparing every experience against now. There's less of that gap where consumers are just going to say, "Oh, that's okay. It's healthcare. I'm okay with that it. it's complicated and, and hard to figure out." That used to be like no choice. So we just had to make peace with it as consumers. And now that's not the case anymore. So, you know, my my final kind of observation here on on Village Medical's site is the same day appointments. So again, they use the neighborhoods uh, term again, they say committed to serving you. And they say same day appointments get seen by a doctor when you need one. So that is definitely not a service that a lot of traditional healthcare organizations can provide. And so that's not necessarily saying that like that in and of itself draws somebody from one place to the other. But it is a combination of a lot of different things that that are drawing people away to at least try something else out. Hey, you know, it was, you know, I had to wait a month and a half, three months, six months, eight months to get in to see my, my doctor last time. I mean, any, any typical primary care provider, still the average is about a month. And the last time I checked, it was like 29 days, even for primary care. I mean, specialty care to me makes a little more sense. It's specialized, so. <laughs> there is going to be a lot of times a, a wait time, but to be able to see a primary care provider, well, those, those patient panels are so ridiculously large. There's so many patients now that it's a supply and demand issue there. So a consumer doesn't care about that. They don't care why it's complicated. They just want to know what are you going to do about it? And if there's anyone out there saying Hey, listen, you can, you can at least be seen by our primary care provider. You can even come into our Walgreens, the, the co-located clinic at the Walgreens down the street from you. More people are going to try that. And again, I'm not saying this is all happening all at once. We're just saying like, this is the trend. This is the way things are going. There are more choices. Some of them are at least trying to create a perception that they are more convenient and some of them actually are. So that's the reality. And, you know, if I'm sitting in a, a marketing leadership position, I'm saying, What can I take from that? What are we able to compete with? How can we improve the experience at the same time and and try to change the perception of our facility?
1: Well, one thing that a healthcare system or a hospital system usually cannot do to compete here, especially with the one that we're talking about today with Walgreens, there's like nearly 9,000 Walgreens locations across the United States. Um, the idea you've, you've heard, everyone's heard it. There's one in every corner, so there's there's the ability for them to to scale at large, and so I'm I'm interested to see how that does. But I'm I'm also interested in that there's a, there's some there's some tug here for me. There's some friction here for me, and, and I'm also interested in too. I've, I've worked in health systems and hospitals where that hospital or that health system has their own. Uh, pharmacy. And there are many benefits to utilizing a in-hospital or an in-health system pharmacy, you know, convenience to go up a couple floors. But I think in this situation with Walgreens taking that over, it's just got a lot harder for hospitals to maintain or keep their own drug stores, if you will, open, their almost own pharmacies open within their hospitals. The other thing that I, I, I'm a little bit interested to see how this goes, we talked about a healthier America. For me, I think um, healthier means preventative and not diagnostic. And it means exercise. It means eating right. It means all those things. It means less medications, less pills, things along those lines. There's something happening here where Walgreens is, is, is doing health, but it's Walgreens and everybody knows them as, as a place to get pills. Right. So are we are we truly being a healthier America here? This is gonna have to be and we talk from a marketing standpoint, this is gonna be their hurdle to jump. How do they get over the idea that they're they're just the same old Walgreens and you treat everything with a pill? That's something
0: that they're gonna have to kind of get around as well. So just some thoughts on that as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you know, my my final piece here on, on Walgreens is I'm looking at Walgreens health too. Again, I'm focusing on the positioning, I'm focusing on the story that they're telling and just listening to these headlines on their homepage. These are like their, I'm guessing their H2 tags, Uh, my inner web developer geeking out here, but (laughs) it says we're in it together. And then that's when they talk about their health services and their digital health network. Then they say, our focus is always on you. Their purpose is to provide more joyful lives through better health. And then the final one is stay connected. None of those say, again, our doctors are better than other doctors. They're like, I, and I, I think that's the the thing here to note when we're talking about primary care is the fact that that does slate in differently. And these folks like Walgreens can, can just swoop in and focus on that part of the value chain and not have to worry about offering specialty care and all the challenges and complexities that come with it. They're very clearly not interested in that. They just want to offer the part that helps bring people what into their stores again. So if they're creating some brand loyalty, and they're doing it at the expense of healthcare professionals at a traditional setting. We just have to be aware of it. I do believe there are ways to change the perception of, of traditional healthcare as we go. But again, it's a long road. It doesn't happen all at once. We just need to be aware of what else is being said by some of these competitors.
1: Yes. And side quick side note too, in that section under four business there under we're in it together. I, I like that. Um, And I didn't see this and they could have had it in the ones that we did in other other episodes. But they they have clinical trials in there. And I think that's an important one, too, especially for an an older audience. Um, Those are those are uh, areas uh, that I, you know, if it's if it's a a pharmaceutical company like Walgreens is, well, I like them leaning into clinical trials that that feels like it's a better, um, I guess, connect and connection to who they truly are. Uh, you know they they're a pharmaceutical company, they're a drug com- drugstore essentially. but you know, in in certain situations, clinical trials can be very, very uh, beneficial, especially for uh, older populations in in certain with certain disease types and things like that. I love that they focused on that. Again, I'm not sure the other ones did. But I, I it, it, it popped out and they decided to put it up on their page and bring it out a little bit uh, more than uh, other areas. And I, I did like that, too. I think that could be something um, in this model going forward as well could be could be helpful.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. And I think you already addressed this. We'll move right into the call, our final segment here. Which is what what do we do about this? So how can we use this information as marketers and as marketing leaders and apply this, understand what's impacting consumers' choices and ultimately improve the health of our society? And you just addressed it perfectly, I feel like, the the part about really what's it going to lead to. Where is the balance between the care that needs to happen, the preventive care that does have a place here? It's not so short-sighted to feel like if you're at a healthcare organization that it's wrong to try to prevent sickness. I mean, it's so, it's so short-sighted and yet I run into that mindset all the time. I still hear people just with a scarcity mentality saying, you know, it's, it's better for us if there's more sick people. And I can't even go into all the ways that that's wrong in my mind, but yet that's how business can come across depending on the organization. So, I do feel like that that's the way to think about this. Can we be real about the balance that has to take place? And if it's the drugstore side of it, the pharmacy side of it that you were referring to, can we make sure that they're still making it convenient, but not making us over-reliant on medications? Right,
1: right, exactly. And, and if you're going to lean into that drugstore side of it, let's talk about things like clinical trials, like they did on this site where, you know, then there's a good reason for it rather than just immediately having that be the first choice. So, uh, you know, again, these are things we're going to have to just kind of watch how they, how they come out, you know, how they play out. So interesting times, that's for sure.
0: Awesome. Uh, Any other final words about, uh, about what to do about it? All I wish was that I got some of these
1: billions and millions of dollars that uh, these, these companies have exchanged hands, but uh, that's not going to happen. So let's just see what happens in the future with all these things.
0: <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Perfect way to wrap up. And with it, that, that's enough talk from us. Now it's time to go do something about it. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again for our next time with Marketing with Soul. On behalf of Peter Alastreri, this is Jared Johnson signing off.